Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to To The Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well today. Like I just said, it is a Friday. We're here on the weekend. We made it. And yesterday was my birthday. I turned 24, which was and it, it was a good day. I didn't do anything, which is my perfect day. I didn't do anything I didn't want to do. Perfect. And I watched a lot of sports. And also, I watched about four episodes of The Office. So that is a perfect birthday for me. Interact with as few human beings as possible. Watch The Office, laugh, restarted that show for the umpteenth time. And watch sports. But it wasn't just about watching sports yesterday. Because yesterday was my birthday, but it was also I got the best gift because the NFL is back. The NFL returned last night, and what a sight it was. There's just something about that sport that's different. It hits different. It feels different. There's nothing like the National Football League. I truly, I'm so happy that it is back in my life, that it's back in our lives, that it's back for the podcast, because... There's a lot of previews, a lot of predictions, a lot of different podcasts over the last couple weeks that surrounded the NFL, pondering what's going to happen with this league moving forward. Well, we got results last night that we can discuss. I can break down games. I got a page and a half of notes that we're going to start the podcast with, so let's do it. After watching a game in week, really the first four weeks of the season, you have to try not to overreact, not make grand declarations. Oh, the Rams aren't going to make the playoffs. That's not going to happen on this show. I promise you. I said before the season, I thought the Rams would win the NF, uh, NFC West. I still think that. I'm still going to bank on that because I predicted it yesterday. I'm not going that far off of it. So you don't want to make too big of that. Too big of statements, no hot takes. But something that I think is fair from people of the media or rational people that do podcasts in New Brunswick is to look at the game and dissect it and really piece together what happened. So what happened last night? Normally, I don't start this way when it comes to a recap. But last night, the Los Angeles Rams played like absolute trash. And to simplify it, the Rams did not do anything well last night. Not one thing. Punting was average. Not even that good of punts. They made one field goal. Way to go, Matt Gay. But my biggest takeaway is the Rams were awful last night. Offensive line, horrid. They gave up six sacks. Two to Jordan Phillips, who's on his third team in the last five years. He's a journeyman. He's played for the he's cut cut by the Dolphins, was with the Bills, with the Cardinals. He gets two sacks last night, making the left side of that line for the Rams look complete crap. Joe Noteboom, David Edwards. What happened? Guys, where were you last night? Did you want to line up? Did you want to play in the game? Because it sure didn't look that way. It was ugly, ugly from the start. That left side of the offensive line 
is going to need to be worked on. And here's just a another little hunch for this Rams offense. Don't get Tyler Higby, who's not a great blocking tight end. I'm gonna that's doing him a favor. Who's a terrible blocking tight end? Do not ask him to chip block where he doesn't really chip block him, kind of just lets him go through. Von Miller, who's then going solo on Joe Nookboom. How did that work last night? Von Miller, two sacks. Jordan Phillips, two sacks. Six sacks for the Bills defense. We'll get to the Bills. I'm starting with the Rams. Offensive line, horrible. Also, tagging on to the offensive line, no running game. Didn't establish a line of scrimmage last night. Daryl Henderson got nothing. Cam Akers didn't run. It was hardly used, which was puzzling to me. I think you'd rotate backs in. I liked what the Bills what the Bills did with Zach Moss and with Devin Singletary. Mix a few backs in, get some few different looks. Didn't want to do that. Okay, fair enough. How about Matthew Stafford? Three interceptions. Few of them his fault. Few of them directly his fault. Throwing behind receivers, which he did to Higby, right behind him. One that's tipped in the air gets intercepted. Last night, he didn't have any rapport with a receiver that was not named Cooper Cup. That's a problem. That's a problem. He didn't play. He had no time. I'll give him that. He did not have any time. In the pocket, I'm sure he was worried. But at the same time, he didn't play well. Three interceptions, it's a tough way to start a year for him. So Stafford was junk last night. Pass rush. Aaron Donald got a sack in the first quarter on a nice move. Leonard Floyd, did he dress last night? Did he did he was he on the field? I couldn't tell. Ashawn Robinson. Even Aaron Donald didn't have a great game last night. The Rams' pass rush was invisible. They didn't do any. They didn't. Josh Allen had all the time in the world. He got the ball out quick. He did what he wanted with it. He did what he wanted with it. I don't think he ever felt pressure. Rams' defensive line were not winning at the line of scrimmage. The Bills dominated both sides of the ball, and that's a key way to lose in the NFL. You can have the best damn quarterback if your offensive line stinks or your defensive line is not providing pressure, guess what? More Nine times out of ten, you're going to lose that football game because it's about the trenches. It's about getting those yards. It's about getting the big play. That didn't happen last night often enough for the Los Angeles Rams. Pass rush. Von Miller looks spry on the other side. And I will say this. I still think Aaron Donald's the best player in the NFL. I'm not changing that opinion after one game. But I look... Ed Oliver didn't play entire second half, who's a damn good pass rusher. I think he's better stuffing the run. He's better in the run game. But Ed Oliver, out of the University of Houston, is a damn good football player. He wasn't on the field. You got Jordan Phillips. You're bringing in uh, Adianza. You're bringing in different guys. You're sub- they substitute. They mentioned that on the broadcast last night. The- Leslie Frazier, great defensive coordinator. Substituting in 8 to 10 guys so everybody stays fresh. These are all guys, but they're just guys. They're not brand name. And yet, Vaughn Miller was getting better looks. Why was Vaughn Miller getting solo coverage last night? I look at that game, 
he should have been doubled the whole night like Aaron Donald was. If you look, the one time Aaron Donald had solo coverage, what did he do? He sacked Josh Allen. Then the Bills said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. This is, doesn't seem like a smart idea. Let's get out of this different. Let's get out of this package. We're going to get a second guy to come over and help because otherwise Josh is going to have to run for his life. Why was Von Miller ever solo? I don't care if he's on the edge. Do something to make his life difficult because it was too damn easy last night for Von Miller. He got two sacks. He also got more pressures. He had a phenomenal game. He played well the entire night. He looked good. He looked fresh. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. He doesn't look old to me. That contract might be front-loaded, but if he can play like this the whole season, it's well worth the paycheck. So just schematically, I hated that part of the Rams game. And another note, Jalen Ramsey was horrible last night. He played terrible. Stephon Diggs torched him. Torched him whole night. Short intermediate routes. Easy. Go down the field, back shoulder with a great play on a third down. First down. End zone. First down. In the slot. Couldn't do anything with him. The best cover corner in football couldn't shut down Stephon. And I, Stephon Diggs is a dog. Don't get me wrong. But that was an ugly performance from Jalen Ramsey on the outside. He couldn't do anything. He didn't have an impact on the game. I can't think of a Ram that played particularly well other than Cooper Cup. He did all he could to win it over 120 yards receiving, which I hit on one of my parlay props last night. But other than Cooper Cup, I don't know of a Ram that played well. Stafford's going to have interceptions the whole year. That's just something Matt Stafford does. So I'm not overly concerned with Matt Stafford and his interception problems. He's going to throw a bunch. He's also going to throw a ton of touchdowns. This is what he does. And maybe the offensive line will gel together. Maybe they're going to need to take some time. Note Boom was only his ninth career start at left tackle. Andrew Whitworth was there the last five seasons. Andrew Whitworth is a stud, was in Cincinnati forever, was fantastic there. They're going to miss him, and maybe you need some time. And there are teams that win a Super Bowl in the opening night. You stink it up. Patriots did it. This would be six, seven years ago now, maybe longer. I think this was in 2013, if my memory serves. It might be 2014, where they, the Patriots played the Kansas City Chiefs on opening night. And this is when Alex Smith was with, was with the Chiefs. They destroyed them. Ty, it was Tyree Kill's coming out party, if I remember. He might have had a punt return for a touchdown. He had a touchdown catch in the game as well. And he really burst onto the scene coming out of, coming out of college. But the Chiefs won. They had put up 50 points on the Patriots, and they won by 20-plus. So this happens to Super Bowl winners. You get punched in the face a little bit. You take your lumps. But the, I mean, the Rams put up zero points in the second half. They didn't have a pulse in the second half. To be honest, I don't know why they didn't pull Matt Stafford after the after the Bills touchdown to Stephon Diggs, John Walford would have been in the game for me because there's no reason for Stafford to play. It's only an injury risk at this point that he's on the field. You can have a bad first game. Maybe it's the banner. Maybe it's all the hoopla about the Rams. We're going to repeat. But let's...
so you have three turnovers. You force three turnovers in the first half. It leads to three points. That's not a good sign. They were tied at the half, and you could, I thought originally, well, this is bad for Buffalo because I heard uh, Chris Collins mention that in the broadcast. I disagree with him because I thought Buffalo dominated this half. They had the ball the entire time. They should be winning this game by 20-plus. But it turns out the Rams just didn't have anything in them. Not to mention, I thought they made stupid decision-making with their coaching last night. I got a couple of examples. Running the ball on first down, they did it seemingly every damn first down they had. Every drive you start, run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Why keep doing it? Mix it up. Halfback toss to Henderson, goes for a yard. That's a productive play. Second and nine, so now you're already behind the chains a bit. Or, no, we're just going to put him in his belly right up the gut. Again, two-yard game. What's two yards on first, if you're running the football? Do something schematically to create something. End arounds. Get a play-action screen to 2-2 Atwell. Get somebody with speed in his hands. Bring Cam Akers on the field to try to present a different challenge, a different set of circumstances. Because running the ball on first down provided nothing for the Rams last night. It was predictable. It was easy. The Bills took advantage of it. It was stupid the way they, they approached that. What else? Oh, yes. End of the first quarter. You might have missed this. I pick up on these certain things. Just it's in my brain when I think about football. And it, looking back, they win 31 to 10. This is inconsequential, but it really could have been a big deal to me if the game was tight. So 38 seconds left in the first quarter. The Rams get the ball back. This was after a flurry of turnovers. With 38 seconds, the the. It's going by quick. The, the uh, Bills had just scored a touchdown. They're down 7-0 at this point. Well, so 38 seconds, you run a play. It's a little pass play. Or it's a run play, of course, first down. So what they do, goes for no gain. My thought is, okay, well, there's 24 seconds on the clock now. Let's get to the end of the first quarter. You come back, start the second quarter, fresh clock. Great, go to commercial. They run a play with 12 seconds left in the first quarter that goes for about four yards, but it makes no sense. Why run a play, and then you go to commercial, and, and you come back for third down? Guess what? Incomplete pass. Meaning you have a three and out, and you leave clock on. You leave them clocked. Why? Why was that the decision? I don't care if Stafford wants to run a play. McVay, you get in his ear and say, nope, don't run it. We're not running a play. We're going to we're going to the end of the first quarter. We're going to run a play to start the second. At least you run two plays if you do go three and out, and you kill time off the clock, which you might you don't think you need in the moment. You might need later in the game. That's what happens in these type of situations. Schematically, efficiency-wise, coaching, it was just bad. Start to finish, top to bottom, the Rams were a complete no-show. They were terrible last night. You get an excuse because you just won the Super Bowl. Nobody can kill you too much, but in that locker room, they know if there's a problem. They can feel that offensive line. They, Matthew Stafford's hurting today because he got sacked six times. The Rams were terrible last night in every facet of the game. 
the Bills. The Bills had two halves. The first half, their offense looked so efficient, yet at the same time, they only put up 10 points. It's not impressive. They had the ball for the whole first half, and they put up 10 points. Turnovers galore. First one's not Josh, Josh Allen's fault. I will say, watching the game, NBC, the NFL, they love Josh Allen. I get it. He's a great player. He threw The second interception he threw, which was intercepted by Troy Hill, was 100% his fault, and yet it was not labeled as a mistake by Josh Allen. It was. He stared Jamison Crowder right in the eyes. Troy Hill makes a good play in the slot, but you don't stare a guy in the, ar- in the eyes the whole time he's running his route. The DB doesn't know where the ball is going. It's way tougher to get an interception. That's just one observation for me. I don't think I think Josh Allen had a poor first half. As a, in totality for the game, he played great. First half, he wasn't great. Neither was the team, quite frankly. James White, first play of his NFL career, fumble. Throw two, throws two interceptions. Isaiah McKenzie can't catch interception. So that was that. But for the Bills. I love Gabe Davis. He got four touchdowns in the game against the Chiefs last year. I had him on a prop last night, anytime touchdown, which he did catch in the first quarter. He had over 80 yards receiving. To me, he benefits from Stephon Diggs, but also he's a great receiver because he can get open. He knows where to find space. Him and Josh Allen have a great rapport. And in the second half and parts of the first half for Josh Allen, what was so impressive is that he just didn't seem phased by anything. He got the ball out quicker than I've ever seen him do it. I'll get, last night, he just he, guys were open. He threw in the ball. Gabe Davis, whether it was Diggs, he threw it to Knox. He threw it to Zach Moss, Singletary. Uh, little screen, taking shots down the field. Little uh, under routes. It didn't matter. He took what was there for him, and that's what I appreciated last night, where it seems like a maturation where Mahomes and even Josh Allen for a little bit last year, when you're playing against two high safeties, and the, the defense is basically saying, you're not going to throw us over the top. You're going to have to take what's in front of you. And for Mahomes in particular, it was tough for him to accept getting a four-yard gain. It was tough for him to accept checking the ball down because he didn't want to be a check-down Charlie quarterback. He didn't want to be his, his predecessor, Alex Smith. So I look, I look at the Bills. I thought their offense was really efficient. Josh Allen played played pretty well, as I mentioned. All that interception was his fault. They have so many options on offense. James White, I think, had two snaps. He's just scratching the surface. He fumbled, but I think he's going to have an impact on this team. I also like that the team played with an edge. Zach Moss, who I thought would be the odd man out, I thought he might have been cut at training camp because they drafted James White. They also have Devlin uh, Singletary. He played with a purpose. He played knowing he had to play well. I thought he played extremely well last night. He picked up the blitz a few times on Bobby Wagner. He caught the ball in the backfield for efficient yardage for a couple first downs. And he runs the ball, you know, just right downhill. And he's a physical guy. So I thought Zach Moss had an important game for the Bills last night as well. Diggs and Davis are special. They got Their offensive line is not great, but it was better than the Rams last night. And Allen did what he had to do. I still I watched the game. Allen doesn't have to run that much as much as he is. I know he's trying to tone it back a bit. I'm sure Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, you know, new quarterbacks coach Joe Brady is telling him we don't need you to run the ball as much as you are. 
because we have running backs. We have different pieces. We can use Isaiah McKenzie. We can use our speedy receivers so that you don't have to do this. And he, he ran for a touchdown last night. He takes off on certain plays. The Rams were even trying to get some hits on him when they were down late in the game, which it got a little physical. And Josh Allen embraces it. He had that great stiff arm on Nick Scott last night, the, the free safety. But I, I don't think he needs to use his legs as often as he is. It's a long season. He ran the ball too much for me last night, over 40 yards rushing. He, just, he has a great arm. He's a great feel for the game. He doesn't need to resort to running the football that much. But again, I'm picking hairs at this point. The offense, in particular in the second half, just looked crisp and clean. No pressures. Josh Allen was in the pocket. He played well. Receivers got open. Stephon Diggs is a leader on this team, you can tell. The running backs were, were, were good. I mean, the Bills were the preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl, and I think if that was your take before, you feel really good about it today. Vaughn Miller looked fantastic. You're winning with a rookie corner. Tredavious White isn't even back yet, and you're playing Brentford and also Keir Elam, who they took in the first round out of, out of Florida. He's playing Tredavious White isn't even back yet, and your defense looks stellar. That's a good thing. Josh Allen looks good. The Bills are a good team. I picked the Rams plus two and a half. I was wrong. But I'm not going to overreact to one game. I'm just not. I, I, I don't think this changes much. The Rams might need to address that offensive line. I don't think Andrew Whitworth's going to come out of the booth or the, the studio. He's working for Amazon Thursday Night Football. So he's retired. He's not going to come back to this Rams team. The Cowboys reached out to him, I heard, when they when Tyron Smith went down. Teams have asked about Andrew Whitworth. I can't see him coming back now that he's got a job in media and, he's, and he was 40 years old last year still playing at a high level. Crazy. Brady's playing until he's 45, but you can't hit Brady. Andrew Whitworth played to his 40 in his left tackle. That's damn impressive, too. So... For the Bills, I think they took care of business. It's a really impressive road victory. This is a college football game. You're getting a lot of points for this. You go on the road to SoFi in the heat, I will add, because currently in Miami, in Los Angeles, it is scorching hot. It, for Miami's game on Sunday, they're calling for a little rain with the Patriots, but it's going to be 32 degrees at kickoff. That's not including humidity. Supposed to close over 100 degrees Fahrenheit when they play in Miami on, on Saturday, which is just crazy. That's why New England has been down in, in Miami since Tuesday trying to acclimate themselves to the weather and just the, the environment that they're walking into. But you saw guys gassed. Aaron Donald sweating his ass off. The Bills, the Bills sideline, the offensive linemen were feeling it. But I can't pick apart anything from the Bills. The the only thing I can say about the Bills is that first half, they controlled the ball and they only put up 10 points. That's not a victory. That's not something that should, they should be overly excited about. Rams, I'm not overreacting, but I can look at the game and say that you were terrible. Now, one's, one game can just be, hey, it was a bad game. It's about how you respond to that bad game, and I, I'll say for the Rams, do it quickly. They need to react. They need to play better right away. They need to have a response next week 
because you don't want to sit on this too long. It's already going to be a long week because you play Thursday. You don't play till the following Sunday. So I love Cooper Cup. I'm still questioning who the Rams' number two receiver is going to be. Van Jefferson needs to come back. He needs to be healthy. But even Van Jefferson, I question him because he has the case of the drop seemingly every other game. Ben Skronek. I mean, I'm sure uh, our guest today, as he usually is on Friday, Matt Wright loves him because he played at Notre Dame. But, I mean, come on. The guy has his limitations. All I know about him is he's smart. He went to Northwestern. He went to Notre Dame. Great. Can you play football? I'm not so sure. Higby has his problems if he's going to be asked to be in the run game. So to be asked in the pass block game, he's going to need he's going to need some work. He's because this this offensive line was not holding up. You need to throw the tape away. Is basically what I'm saying about the Los Angeles Rams because that was as as abysmal as it can get for a team. You don't want that effort to to continue. You don't want that to be a trend for your organization. But I mean, I expected a close game. I expected the Rams to hang in there, and they didn't. They just didn't. Roger Saffold and Deion Dawkins and that Bills offensive line physically outmatched the Los Angeles Rams pass rush, plain and simple. They did. I think the Bills linebacking core were better than than the Rams. Bobby Wagner didn't have I don't think he played particularly well. He see he was having trouble with a few tackles last night where guys had to help him. Matt Milano didn't have that issue. Second and one carry, he made a great tackle on Daryl Henderson. He's not a small cat. Tremaine Edmonds, same thing. These guys are physical linebackers. Bills are a really good team. They are. They looked good last night. They're deep at nearly every position. I hope Ed, for their sake, I hope Ed Oliver is okay because I'm not. I wouldn't want to bank on Jordan Phillips being my number two pass rusher for the entire season because he will tail off. That's just been proven throughout his career. He can get hot. He can get. He can go on a streak where he's getting multiple sacks, where he's having a stretch where he's having some productive games. But I wouldn't bank on that happening over a long period of time. But credit to the Buffalo Bills. They came to play. They were on the road. You, everybody's excited for the Rams because they're raising a banner. You have Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. You have Andrew Whitworth on the field. Eric Dickerson, Eric Dickerson, the Rambassador, is hanging around. And yet you go in there and you slap them in the mouth. That's what you do. You go in there and you punch them in the face and say, what are you going to do about it? Fourth quarter, you get a three and out by the Rams. What do you do to answer? You go down and score another touchdown. You go back to Stephon Diggs. Rams got some work to do. Bills look great. I still think the the two and a half point spread is ridiculous because I think that I can't believe I I won't back off that opinion that I think that was a good way to go. Just didn't work out for me last night. Let's get our guest today's take on the point spread. We're, we got a we got a fun podcast today because we're going to talk a lot about gambling over unders and a lot of different things. But we're lucky enough to have him back here on a Friday. Uh, Ryder, good to see you again. How are things? Uh, things are good, buddy. Uh, just completed our uh, dressing room reveal this morning for our U16 team. They're uh, pretty excited. We hop on the ice as a team tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, kind of start the start the uh, the calendar off, and uh, looking forward to getting that going. But it's uh, 
it's kind of nice. I got a free day uh, basically from two o'clock in the afternoon on on Saturday and all day Sunday. So I think you know what I'm going to be up to. Yeah, I, I can guess. I can guess. Did you place any bets last night to start the NFL season? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I wasn't going to, and then I was. Uh, I was working up Miramichi, running some ice times last night, and I got on the road. It was about nine oh five, and I saw the Irving on the on my on my left hand side, and I said oh, I might as well go pick one up. Uh, so I picked up a, just a ten dollar ticket. I did a combo three. Um, I went three for four, so I basically broke even. I, uh, I had the over on Singletary over forty six and a half. He went off for forty eight, so. Um, just barely got that. And then I had digs over. I mean, that hit in the first half I had cup over that hit in the first half. And then I bet a tie on the game. So that's, that's where I missed out was, was the tie. I just assumed it was going to be a close game. Um, obviously we saw kind of what happened there, especially in the second half, but, uh, it was, it was a great football game to kind of start the year off. Uh, I think we saw kind of what everyone's been talking about with Buffalo. I think it wasn't the fact, in my opinion, it wasn't that that uh, the Rams played bad. I just think Buffalo really was kind of, you know, feeling it in all, all aspects of the game. Yeah, that, that definitely can be the case because, yeah, Buffalo definitely seemed more energetic. They seemed so fired up. Vaughn Miller was, you know, dancing around, which I, I love to see. I, I was like you. I hit three or four last night. I had the Diggs anytime touchdown, which hit. I know uh, uh, Gabe Davis anytime touchdown. I had Cup anytime touchdown, and I had Cup going over like you, but I took the Rams plus two and a half. So in Matt Wright fashion, what I did at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I hedged and I took the bills so that I could at least recoup my money. And I got an extra 20 bucks on top. So that I, I did a Matt Wright special, just hedging to make sure I won something last night. You know what? It's never a bad idea to have a little on both sides. <laughs> so that was, that was my thought process. I said, I want to at least get a win tonight of some kind. Mm -hmm. I, you feel too bad when you go three or four. Like that's, you got to win. You should win something for going three or four. My God. That's, that's why I, I do a lot of combo threes if I do a four pick. Because that way, you, you know, you get enough back to, to have your next day and kind of reload the tank. And you've, you, you, when you go three or four and you lose, you just feel so salty. Because you're like, you know what? I was seeing the board. And... Yes. And it's, it's some fostering. So that's why I, I do a lot of combo threes. I agree about the game uh, last night. Did you find it flew by? One, that's one thing I noticed that the game was over before midnight. Midnight. It was quick. I thought I, I it was something I really enjoyed that. It, it Obviously, I love watching games. They don't have to be that fast. But I thought it was great pace and it, I didn't think it lagged. It, it was awesome in that way, especially when you get into the, you know, your Sunday nighters, your third, anytime with that nine, nine 15 start. I mean, if you can get to bed by 1230, some nights you're lucky, yeah. but last night I was, I was asleep at midnight. As soon as the game ended, it was, it was awesome that way that you got your full game and you didn't feel like, you know, cause sometimes, you know, as you know, you get into those games and it's mid fourth quarter and it's 1245 in the morning and you're like, oh man, you know, Work's coming up here. I got to be up at six. It's, uh, it's come. I mean, you're still going to watch the whole game. Don't be wrong, but it's, it's, it's much better. It, the game did fly by, but if it, it flew by in a good way. I totally agree. No, I thought it was a great game and it didn't feel rushed, but it just felt like a great pace. I think it was halftime before I knew it. Now, I mean, the first quarter, I think I, it took 29 minutes, which is like, that's crazy that, uh, that it could be that short.
A lot of betting stuff today. I'm going to give you the option because you're the guest. Would you rather do over-under for teams this season first or betting lines for the games this weekend? Uh, let's, let's do the over-under for the year, and then we'll get into some lines later on. Okay. I got all the over-unders here. I wrote them all down, so we have them. Let's start with your division in the AFC East. So <laughs> Buffalo is 1-0. Rams are 0-1. We know that to start. Buffalo is at, sitting at 11 and a half over under. Uh, to me, this is it's a pretty good line because it's hard to get more than you know 11, 12 wins. But based on what I saw and based on their schedule, I think taking the Bills over is a smart call. I think if you can still, because for some books you can't make place these bets anymore because you have to get them in before the year starts. But if you're on 11 and a half, especially after what happened last night, I think you take the over, especially with that win last night, because that's one of those games where you, you look at, and that could go either way before the season starts. That's when you look at say, okay, they could go Oh, and one, you know, there's going to be a game where they lose, they get upset. But to me, I like the over on that 11 and a half. What do you think the Patriots over under is? I think it's eight and a half. I think it's eight and a half or nine, nine. Eight and a half, yeah. But it's the same as the Dolphins, which I found interesting that they're both at eight and a half. It's your Patriots. You're Mr. Patriot. How do you feel about eight and a half? I think eight and a half is right on the right on the number because I think they're either going going. Uh, would it be eight and nine or nine, yeah. eight and nine? I think they're either going eight and nine or nine and eight. So. I'm going to say over because I think they need to go nine and eight to get in. Um, but if they go over nine and eight, I think that means you see a team like Miami maybe go seven and 10 or eight and nine. Right. Do you think the Patriots are making the playoffs, by the way? Yes, I do think they're going to find a way to get in with one of those last wild card spots. Um, I don't think they're winning their division, but I think they maybe get the second wild card spot would be my, was kind of where I'm having them penciled in. Okay. Interesting. Miami eight and a half. So if, I think with what you just said, the pay, if, if you got the Patriots getting in, the fish aren't getting eight and a half wins. No, I think that's kind of where you have to draw the line with, with their, you know, it, it you don't want to see that because they should be better than eight and a half. Um, I mean, if they, if let's say they go under eight and a half, then I think tug of is looking for a new job next year, or he's already out by the time the end of the year comes around. There's a lot of pressure on Miami this year to go to make playoffs. Um, you look at their roster; they sh they should make playoffs, but I have to. You can't take everyone over because um, that's just not the case. If, if you took everyone over, then everyone's making playoffs. So I'm gonna say under on Miami, but I don't like saying that. I want to see them. I don't, but I just don't see a case where both Miami and and uh, and New England have nine wins. So I'm gonna have I to. Don't go think, I don't think you're getting three from the AFC East because. No. You got to play the Bills twice. They'll split with each other. The Jets will beat one of them. I'm, yeah. I, I just think the Jets are going to beat one of them this year somehow. Well, week one, you look where, where's New England? I mean, that we're going to find out on Sunday where where these teams lie. That's almost a must win for both teams. Hundred percent. It scares me because they play so bad in Miami too. <laughs> Patriots. You, you see how hot it is there. It's supposed to be oh, like yeah. hundred degrees Fahrenheit come kickoff. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a warm one. It, it's a must win for both teams to start the year for sure. 
100%. Especially Miami's got, I think they got Ravens week two, and they have the the Bengals in there in their first four, and they got the Vikings. That their, that's their first four games. That's a murderer's row of, of a schedule. Jets five and a half under. Yeah, I think you're going to have to go under. Um, Zach Wilson still, you know, doesn't look great. They're 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 still rebuilding. They're a couple years. They're two years away from being two years away. The Bruno Caboclo at the Raptors draft. <laughs> I just I don't see it for the for the Jets this year. Every other team in their division is stronger than them. So yes, yeah. yes they're going to beat one of those teams. I don't think they're beating the Bills. They'll sneak one off against Miami or the Patriots, but. I think I see them going maybe five. They maybe they get to five. I don't see them getting to six. Agreed. AFC South. I find this division normally so boring, but when it comes to over unders, I find it fascinating. Start with the Colts nine and a half. This is an easy one to me. I'm going over all the way. I think the Colts will win this division, and I wouldn't be surprised to get eleven wins. You love the Colts. You you like love the Colts every year. They let you down. True, but it's not the redheaded devil anymore. Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl. That's that fair enough. I think that number's right on. Running back in football. I'm I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna division. What's that? Who do you have winning that division? See, here's the thing. I have them winning the division, but I have them winning the division with nine wins. Okay. So I, I, I just don't think I see for some reason, I see a lot of upsets this year. I feel like team, I don't, I know it's a bad division, but I just, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of teams beating each other in that division. I, I agree with that. I think there's going to be some turmoil. I think Titans nine and a half makes no sense to me on any book. I'm taking the under on that. I'll tell you that. That's another one where, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of teams in this like seven and 10, eight, and nine, nine and eight. So I am also on the under for the Titans. I think the Titans are getting this boost because of the last couple of years they've had where they've had, you know, regular season success, but they haven't had playoff success. I am also on the under. How about the Jags? Six and a half. I am on over on the Jags. Oh, I am yes. over. Like I said, I see a lot of seven and 10, eight, and nine, nine and eight. And this is a year for the Jags where Trevor Lawrence has to go out and be better than he was last year. Yes. Um, and I think he's going to be, I think their team is better. We, they got rid of their, they're out of the cloud of urban Meyer. You know, that's, that's yesterday's news. They can kind of forget about that, you know, turmoil of a season. I think it's a new start. Don't get me wrong. I don't see them making playoffs, but I could see them being seven and 10. I have the Jags making the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. That's my one spicy one. I have them. I have them getting in. I have two teams from the AFC South making the playoffs, which is absurd as I say it. But I, for some reason, I have them as the last, the last wild card team. I have the Jags. All right. I, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that. I, I don't see it happening, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. No. It's. We'll see. I, I hope Trevor Lawrence can have a big step. Houston four and a half. I think I. You mentioned a lot of turmoil. I agree with you. Houston's not a great team, but I think they can beat the Titans in, in a one-off. They might even beat the Jags. I think they, they could get to five wins. I have them five and 12. Right. So, so that's over. Put me in the over. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I would go over there as well with, with, uh, with that. AFC West. 
interesting. We have Denver, Kansas City, and the Chargers all at 10.5 wins, mm. which does not make any sense because I don't know how that can possibly happen. But who's who's getting played here? Who, who are the books trying to screw people into taking where they don't believe they're going to be that good? To me, I think it's Denver. Me too. I, I think it's Denver. I think they're getting a big push up because of Russell Wilson, the new signing. There's a lot of hype around Denver. I don't think Denver is very good, to be honest with you. I, I think they're okay, but I do not have them at 10 and a half. That's insane. Like, that's a, to me, that is, that's easy money under, especially with that division. Like, they're, for, for, for them to win 11 games, they have to beat the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers at least once, and two of them twice. I just don't see it happening. They could lose both games to the Chiefs and the Chargers, and I wouldn't be shocked. Well, yeah, and like, let's not sleep on the Raiders either. Right. Yeah. You know me and the Raiders. Don't sleep on the Raiders. Yeah, you with the Raiders, like me with the Colts. Uh, <laughs> Very similar. Yes, but I'm with you on Denver. I go under there, easy, 10 and a half. How about KC and LA? 10 and a half. Man, KC, this is one where I honestly do not know what to expect at a KC this year. This is one I. They could be, they could win 14, 15 games this year, or they could win seven. I really just don't know what to think. This, this is going to be a year where it's, let's see Patrick Mahomes, if he is the best player in the league. I think this is a year for him to step up and, 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 you know, basically have to put a team on his back, in my opinion, this year. Um, their offense is not the same. No, I'm interested to see how he looks without Tyreek. I think, KC and Green Bay are in similar positions where they've been dominating their respective conferences for four or five years now. And now they both lost their number one option and they're kind of scrambling to see what they can piece together to put around them. I like Kansas city. I think they win the division, but I agree with you. It's, I mean, I think it's 11 because of the, of the division. It's tough. I, Chargers are really good. I think K I have KC and Chargers both making the playoffs. I think you at least need to get to 10 wins to make the playoffs. Right. In the AFC in particular. Yeah, no, I think the number is right on for 10 and a half for both of those. I think the Denver 10 and a half is crazy. Um, so for me, I'm looking at, I think I still go over on Kansas City. The Chargers, man, they're either to me, they're going 11 and 11 and six or they're going uh, 10 and seven. So that number is right on the number to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say under because I think they're going to lose to the Raiders at some point this year. So do the do the Raiders get back to the postseason? No, no, I don't think they do. I, 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 don't think so. I, I do love the Raiders, but uh, for some reason, I have no idea why I love the Raiders. Well, but Daniels. Your boy, your boy is down there now. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see it happening for the Raiders this year just because I do think the Chargers have taken a step forward. Yeah, I don't love the Raiders' offensive line. They they still haven't figured out how to get good defensive players on that team. I don't understand. Yeah. They, they just get all kinds of firepower, and yet they don't protect Derek Carr, who's better than people give him credit for. And mm -hmm. he's got to score 45 points again because his defense sucks. Yeah, his he does not get protected in his defense. His deep that's that's one thing with the Raiders. I love watching the Raiders' offense because they act to me they're a top ten offense in the league. But 100%. man, their their defense just sucks. 
and until that changes, I just see you them going, you know, eight and nine every year. Agreed. AFC North. This was the most staggering number of any team. I don't get it. Cleveland, eight and a half. If you were out there, hammer the under. If you can mm -hmm. hammer, like hammer it two times, in my opinion. I don't understand this at all. Jacoby Brissett played Miami last year. He looked god-awful when he played in those games. I don't think... the Cleveland, Cleveland plays the Jets in Week 2. I, I wouldn't be surprised they lose that game, to me anyway, Ryder. They got a great roster. I don't think he's a great quarterback at all. I, Cleveland 8.5 makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. And the crazy thing is, the line is going down on the, the Cleveland and, uh, and the uh, Carolina game. It wasn't yes. minus 2... Was that minus two and a half? Now is that minus one? Like I don't know, I don't know what someone's smoking there in Vegas. But to me, this is the easiest pick of the week. Is at home Carolina over Cleveland? I think that's an easy pick. I don't even think you go minus one. I think I'm taking Carolina all the way. Money line, and I'm not a big money line guy, but money line Carolina. Um, I'll read you a big ticket I got for Sunday there at the end of the, at the end of the pod, but to me, easy under eight and a half, like that is crazy. Eight and a half They're They may win six games this year. Yes. Or less. Like they could, just, like what's his name's going to come back. I don't like talking about him on the show. Like I say, who he must not be named like Voldemort, <laughs> but he only comes back in week 11. Yeah. How do we know he's going to be any good? He hasn't played football in two years. Yeah, and you see who they're playing week 11? Yeah. To me, that's a if, – if you want to talk about, you know, fuel to the fire for Houston, they're going to be ready to go for that game. What They could be 0-10, and, and they're going to be ready to go for that game. Yeah, that whole that whole group will be – Davis Mills will be chucking darts down the field and that to uh, Brandon Cooks in that matchup. Yeah, I can't agree, but Cleveland 8.5 is just – ugh, bet it right now. If you can get a book that still has this line, go bet it. And I agree with Ryder, get that – Carolina game and hammer Carolina to win. Ravens ten and a half. Are you high on the Ravens? I I find the Ravens very. I'll be honest, boring to watch. But they're boring and they win. So I think for some reason I think Cincinnati doesn't win the division. For some reason I have the Ravens winning the division by one game over Cincinnati. So I'm going to take the over. Me too. And they had so many injuries last year. It's bound to go the other way for them. Well, they'll, they'll be healthy and I think they'll have better luck. Not to mention, there was news today where Lamar couldn't come to an agreement on his contract. So he will enter the year with no contract. And if I was Lamar, I wouldn't be that eager to play on Sunday, quite frankly. But knowing him, he'll play. But you know, the last time they had a quarterback go into a season as a lame duck, his name was Joe Flacco, and they won the Super Bowl. So I, I think that's fueled a fire to Lamar to continue to prove people wrong that he is a good quarterback. And I, I'm with you. I like the I think the roster is really good. And just for some reason, I almost I almost overthought it and didn't have Cincinnati making the playoffs. But they have too good of a roster. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about them where I'm nervous about you know really banking on them having a whole bunch of success this year. Well, I, I think. It's, it's, it's not, I guess you can think that because they kind of came out of the blue last year, right? A lot of things went right for Cincinnati. Um, you know, they could easily lost in the first playoff game, right? Um, to me, 
a lot of things went right, but I still think they're good enough to be in the playoffs as well. I agree. Their their roster's too good. They improved that offensive line, and Burroughs just I think he's too big of a stud not to make the playoff. I think yeah. he's gonna be a perennial playoff team for a while now. How about Pittsburgh seven and a half? This would mean that Mike Tomlin has a losing season for the first time in his tenure. Seven and a half. What do you think of that number? I am on the under. I am on the under. I think it's it's a risky pick on the under. And because we know we know Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin to me is one of the best coaches probably ever. Honestly, he's probably top ten coach of all time. Um, but I just don't I don't see it in their quarterback situation. They still are kind of on the fence of where they're going. I think I think you're going to see both quarterbacks play at some point this year. I just, I just don't find I just don't see them beating the Ravens. I don't see them beating the Bengals. They're probably going to beat Cleveland. They have a tough schedule. I'm going to go under. I think this is the year where you see Pittsburgh take a step back. Yeah, I, I could be very wrong about that too. They could go ahead and win the division. I'm not over. I'm not. I I don't think they'll make the playoffs either. I'm I'm like you. I I I think they'll have their first losing. I think they'll go eight and nine. So I'm but I'm I'm hedging there. You know, I I'm finding a win here. I'm finding so I could see them going seven and ten. That which would mean take the under. So I, I'd be I'm I'm right there with you. I I think Mitch Trubisky takes a lot of heat for the Chicago failure where it's impossible mm-hmm. not to fail in Chicago. It's like yeah. playing for the Jets. I do think he's better than people give him credit for. I am curious to see how he plays. He him and Mariota are similar where he'll be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But they they got I mean you gotta play the Ravens twice since like I said, Cincinnati twice. They got a game where Deshaun will be back for Cleveland. So they only get one game without, you know, sans him for the Browns. So it, it is those five division games are tough. Yeah, no, that's where I, I just I, I have to go off. I have to put some unders in there. And for me, I, I just see Pittsburgh taking a step back this year. Um, but I mean, with Mike Tomlin under the helm, don't get it to me. Turn it. They'll be able to turn turn the ship around pretty quick. Yes. Let's go NFC East. Dallas Cowboys, 10 and a half. I am on the under. I am on the under. I think they are getting a bump up by at least one game because their name's the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. I am on the under 10 and a half all day on that. I just, to me, once again, they're have, they're, they're, their offensive line has been a staple, has, has how good they've been. But I don't think their offensive line is as good as this year as they've been in the past. I think that's a huge – people aren't talking about that enough, in my opinion. Um, they lost to Murray Cooper. They – you know, to me, Ezekiel is taking a step back. I, I think they're still going to run Ezekiel too much. I think they should be giving the ball to Paul or way more – or Paul, sorry. But I think they're going to feed the ball to Zeke too much early in the year. I, I, under 10 and a half, man. Under 10 and a half. Do you have them missing the playoffs? No, I don't. I, I have them as that last wild card team, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're right. They're in that mix for me too. I, I have the Eagles winning the division for sure. But I'm also on the I'm also on the under with you. Like you said, this is the worst offensive line that Dak Prescott's had since he got in the NFL. Period. He's always had a pretty good offensive line. And Zeke is just looks spent. They didn't replace Amari Cooper. They have C.D. Lamb and Gallup's out the first couple weeks of the season. Plus, C.D. Lamb hasn't proven that he can be. In, all I hear is C.D. Lamb's going to 
what what proof do we have that he's going to have a great season? All I know is he's never really looked that great as a pro, quite frankly. He's okay. He's not great. And I, I don't know who he throws to. Dak throws to Dalton Schultz on little dump routes. Other than that, it's C.D. Lamb and a bunch of guys that are that are unproven. Yeah, no, I'm right with you there. That's why I'm definitely on the under for Dallas. So Eagles nine and a half going over. I'm all the way over. I am very high on the Eagles this year. Um, I am over that all day. I think Eagles win the division. I think it's it's a big year for Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to rise to the rise to the occasion. I mean, we love Devonte Smith. Uh, Devonte Smith. I got him in the fantasy draft. I also got AJ. I got I got both Smith and Brown for receivers. So I mean, I need a big I need a big year by for the Eagles uh, for me to have any chance in fantasy. But I I just love the Eagles are, have good offense. They have good defense. They have good special teams. So to me, I am on the Eagles all day over. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Like top to yeah. bottom, that that offensive line is great. Their defense is loaded. They added pieces. Let me ask you this, because you're a fantasy guy. You said you took Smith and you took Brown. Did you also take Hertz for the trifecta? Do you pair great receivers with quarterbacks when you do these type of fantasy drafts? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I kind of the guy right before me kind of really took a couple picks. I went tight end heavy early, so. Kind of a risky move, but I, I went with Mark Andrews as well as Waller. So I have two, I'd say, of the top four tight ends. Right. First round, I took Herbert. Uh, I had the third overall pick. Um, so I went Herbert. What's that? It's high for a quarterback. Yeah, it, it's uh, we have a super flex league. So, oh, okay, okay. yeah, so having that extra quarterback does make a big difference. So um, I... Uh, Unfortunately, I was matched up against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs last night. So I don't think it could be a long, it could be a tough week one for me. But uh, so in saying that, that obviously the guy I matched up with went with, you know, Allen and Diggs. So I think it kind of is sometimes it can be a blessing and a curse, whether you go, you know, quarterback with a, with a receiver, but having both Philly receivers, like their top two guys, it's, it is a bit of a risk. And, you know, I need Philly to win, but if Philly does go off for, you know, wins and big games, I could have a big fantasy year because of those two guys. Right. Who was your other quarterback that you took? Who do you think it was? You took Mac Jones, didn't you? Of course I took Mac Jones. That's a stupid pick. <laughs> of course I took Mac Jones. That's a stupid pick. That's a hard pick. You don't even want to win the fantasy league. You, I, uh, you know what? Where, where I got Mac Jones, I'm very happy with it. Last round? No, not last round. It should have been the last round. <laughs> we'll find out here in a couple weeks. Uh, he's going to throw balls to Jacoby Myers and who else? Ramondre Stevenson, little check downs. <laughs> and that's that's going to be the biggest issue with the Patriots this year. It's been the biggest issue with the Patriots for a while, not just this year. They need to use Ramondre Stevenson more. That's one. I love Stevenson, that big back. But um, This was puzzling. Giants and the Washington football team, a.k.a. Commandskins, both are at seven and a half wins. I, that seems awfully high for the New York Giants, for me anyway. It's high because I think that Vegas realizes that they don't want to give the Eagles enough credit and they want to give the Cowboys too much credit. Um, uh, seven and a half is a lot. Uh, I, I think, you know what though? I, I think the Giants are going to have a better year because I see them beating Dallas. 
and I see them beating Washington both at least once. I just I don't see Washington at seven and a half, especially the news you know with uh, the other day on the de- on defense there uh, Chase. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, you know he's hurt again. There's another you know he was supposed to be a big player, big piece for them. Uh, seven and a half. I don't know for the Giants. That seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go under for both Washington and the Giants because I think Philly actually just goes on a roll and and probably puts up for 13, 14 wins. Let's go to to a game this weekend, just tying it with the Giants. Tennessee minus five and a half home to the Giants. Are you sniffing anything there? Tennessee and Giants. I'll tell you exactly what I'm sniffing there. I'm not just sniffing. I am all over that game, and here's why. I am all over that game for the under. Okay. I am over all over that game for the under. I just uh, – Tennessee, I don't think, is going to put up as many points this year. No, Both no. teams, they, they just struggle to create offense. I just – I have the under for that game. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think you're going to see at least four turnovers in that game by both teams. <laughs> Daniel Jones will fumble at least once. That's a given. And I'm worried about Tannehill, no A.J. Brown, because he was mm-hmm. just his safety valve the last couple of years. And they don't – Traylon Burks is not going to be that guy in year one, that's for sure. And I, I don't love their depth there. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind even taking the Giants as a to cover that five and a half. I could see that being a three-point ball game. It's also a game that – 525 that's by far the worst game yeah vegas and la in there kansas city at arizona green bay minnesota i'm not watching a second of that giants game but i will be following the score yeah yeah i even though i got a little action on that i got a we got a big eight game parlay for sunday but uh but uh oh, actually saw an eight game combo two ticket but uh i uh i won't be too i'll be tuning in on that one on my phone just to kind of check the scores but i won't be i'll be Watching a lot of the uh, the Vegas game, I'll be watching a lot of the Green Bay game. Let's go to the NFC North. Lions six and a half. I'm well, I know where you are with this one. I over. I think you're over on this one. Over, over. I, I think you are over, and I think I'm gonna join you oh, on like the it. over. I just Chicago's awful. Um, How are they at six and a half? Oh, that's an under. That's that is such an under. That's almost worse than the Cleveland, honestly. You're like right, you're right. They, they might get two wins this year. To me, that is an under. I like the over for Detroit, and then Minnesota's going to be at that sneaky team where you want you always hope for more out of Minnesota. I'm going over there too. I think I am as well. I, I for some reason Minnesota is one of those teams where every year you're looking, you're like, man, I think they could go on a run this year. I have them making the playoffs too. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. Every year I do. I feel less confident about it now. <laughs> yeah, me too. But yeah, I think Detroit's gonna be. I mean, I think Detroit sweep the Bears this year. Like the Bears are so bad, Ryder. I don't know who they're gonna beat on their schedule. Like they're so bad. Yeah. No, I'm right with you. I and it's 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 honestly it's kind of sad because the Bears are you no. Know, they're one of the original teams. They've been in the league for so long, yeah. but they've had no success for so like, I don't remember. I think I might've been like maybe 10 years old. The last time the bears were 
like six, right? When they got to the Super Bowl there. Yeah. So I would have been, I would have been uh, 12. Like I said, yeah. right in that age. But since then, man, it's been sad. Yeah. Like the Jets got to two AFC championship games. in that Yeah. And I just don't see where the Bears are going to get better in the next couple of years. They got no, they got Mooney and that's it. I feel terrible for Fields because they, they're just going to kill him. They'll draft another quarterback. Their defense, stay, like it's, I don't know, for the, for the Bears, it's it's ugly. Are they the Knicks? Are they, like, of the NFL, are they the, this version of the New York Knicks? Because I agree, the Bears are like original six in hockey where they mm-hmm. hold something prestigious even though they don't really deserve to, if you follow my logic. Yeah, I think that's a very good comparison. I think the Knicks have better players than the Bears, though. They do. Yeah, the Knicks um, at least finish like a 12 seed. Yeah, I, I think to me, this this Bears franchise is, it has gone nowhere in the last 10 years and is going nowhere in the next 10 years. Yeah, I can't disagree. Our AF, NFC South, another interesting division. Bucks, 11 and a half. Big number. Respect to Brady. What do you think of that number? It's a tough number. On the, Oh, on the Packers, I'm also still over on the Packers as well. I am over on the Packers. Uh, yeah, I'm over on the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is just – he's too good for, for that number. Um, 11 and a half, man. We're going we're gonna to find out exactly where Tampa Bay is in their first four games of the year, man. They got murderers row for their first four games of the year. They could be 0-4. They could be 1-3. They could be anywhere from 4-0 to 0-4 after their first four games. But I, I think they're beating Dallas on, on Sunday night. But uh, I am uh, – Oh man, 11 and a half. It's just, uh, the, the, uh, yes, I got to go over because their division, but they always lose in New Orleans and they're back in New Orleans. Oh man, this 11 and a half. I don't know what to think on this one, Jug. Yeah, I, when I did, when I looked at everybody's schedule before the year when I did my predictions, I had them at 11. I think I had them at 11 wins. I might have had them at 10 wins. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go under. I would go under there but not confident because it's the box and Brady could get 13 wins and that wouldn't shock me at all. Well, the year they won the Super Bowl, I think they had less than 12 wins. They did. Yeah, they did. But weren't they 11 and 5 that year? Yeah, because they played in the wild card game against Washington. They were on they were on the are they at home? Yeah, they no, they're on the road. They were a wild Yeah, they were on the road and I think they were 11 and 5. They were. Yep, they were. So Yeah. So I'm probably on the end as well then. Are you buying the Saints hype? They're getting a lot of push right now by the media. Some people are picking them to get to the Super Bowl, which is crazy to me. But are you buying into this to the Saints finding something this year? If someone's selling it, I am not buying it. I am not buying it at all. And I'll be honest with you, I'm taking a lay on a plus five and a half on Sunday. That's how much I'm not buying it. <laughs> That is how much I'm not buying the Saints. I got Atlanta at home plus five and a half. Mariota with the bootlegs, right? He's going to be chucking darts down the field. So that is how much I am off the Saints. And from that, I think you can tell me where I'm at over and under. I am at under on the Saints. Me too. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't, I don't see it. I, they have, they got good, but Michael Thomas could get hurt in week one. He, like his career, he could retire tomorrow and it wouldn't show. He hasn't played in forever. I love Olave. I think he could win rookie offensive rookie of the year. He's oh, you know, I love him too, but he's still a rookie and he's a receiver. Yeah. And I, I think their defense is good, but it's a couple injuries away. Their offensive line, 
and I think losing Sean Payton's a big deal. Like Dennis yeah. Allen to Sean Payton is not a smooth transition. Dennis mm-hmm. Allen was a disaster in Oakland back in the day as a head coach. So yeah, I'm with you under. How about Carolina six and a half? I am over on Carolina. I am over on six and a half. I don't. I could see them going eight and nine, maybe seven and ten, but I'm over six and a half. And I, like I said, I have them week one guarantee. That's my guarantee week one to uh, to beat Cleveland. Let me ask you this: I don't know if you're in a survivor pool, but a lot of people are. So let's try to help. Would you take Carolina in a survivor pool? You're, you're keeping a lot of great teams stash away for later weeks. I think this would be a smart decision to go Carolina at home against these sorry Browns. Uh, I think it would be too, because like you said, I don't think there's a lot of gimmies in week one for winners. I think there's some teams that could get upset in week one. But to me, I think that's a team that you could take. And you're, I mean, you don't want to get into a mix with needing to take Carolina, I think, in week seven or eight or ten. So... I, I love the Carolina uh, survivor pool pick there. I'm not in one, but I think if someone was, I think that's a very safe pick. Cause I mean, like we said, we're both on Carolina. So I like over six and a half. I agree with you. How about Atlanta four and a half over, 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 over. And it starts with week one. You're going to predict an outright win right now. Over. I am taking no, no, no. Oh, yes. I am going outright. I am going to take Atlanta to win. That's my hot take of the week. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta to win that game. I have them at plus five and a half. So, but I am going to take them to win. I do have, oh man, I, I think they find five wins this year. I do too, for some reason. I don't know why, but like you said, some something strange will happen with Atlanta. They're going to beat, they'll find a way to beat the Bucks and they'll find a way to beat the Saints, I think. Somehow. Yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, well, I don't know. It's, I don't there's know. there's got to be upsets at some point in the year. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's gonna be more than than people think as well because it's it's gonna be. I think it's I think it's gonna be a crazy season because there's there's no yeah. great team. To be honest. No, there's a lot of good teams, but there's not like a Goliath that you look at. Even the Bills, they're not a Goliath. I, everybody in the media picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Makes me more and more confident that they won't win. Well, I think the reason they did pick the Bills, like you just said, there's no real awesome like really great teams this year that the bills they're not a i wouldn't say they're they're a superstar team but when you look at the rest of the board you're like well they look pretty good right so we'll wrap it up here with the nfc west or yeah nfc west let's start with the bottom seattle five and a half under i think the division's too strong i think they don't have a quarterback I just I don't see this team. I think maybe they get three three four wins, and they're not getting six. What do you think of, about them plus six and a half at home Monday night against Denver? Uh, I have so I haven't looked at that game yet, but that is one I'll be keep my eye on. Yeah, I think that might even go up before we get to Monday that number, which is yeah. more and more interesting to me for some reason. Cardinals eight and a half. You know what? I they just they finished so poorly last year. Yes. Man, I think like I was kind of hoping you were gonna say nine and a half or ten and a half, and then I was gonna say under. I think eight and a half is right on the number. I don't think they're that good. I'm gonna go under. Same with me. I don't think that I, I don't think they're that great at all. And yeah, no no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the year. They're Hollywood Brown. That was their big 
off-season play was getting Hall- – well, okay, have him. Baltimore basically said, you can take him. Like, we don't want him here anymore. I, I don't love the Cardinals team at all, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see changes there with Cliff Kingsbury after the year just because it doesn't go well. Yeah, and Kyler Murray, I just – I mean, the fact that what the, the what they had to put in, you know, you have to read your playbook. I mean, yes. it's not whether or not it's true. It's not a good look. So agreed. I'm going under on the Cardinals. Me too. Niners nine and a half. Over, over. If we're going under on the Seahawks and the Cardinals, someone's gonna have to win games in that division. I like their team. I think porn star Jimmy makes an appearance at some point this year because you know who I took for my third quarterback at the last round is porn star Jimmy at the 17th round. I like it. I like it. And you know, I'm a fan of the porn star, but I'm taking the over two. I think the Niners going to have a, a good season. I think Trey Lance will play well. Yes. You know, I think we could see porn star just because of an injury or something as well. We could see – I see porn star getting traded. There's a great trade trip chip right there at the, at the deadline. Yeah, because I think for him it's got to be to a team that loses a quarterback just through an injury that he believes has a chance. Because if, if I'm him, I have no interest in going to the Giants. I'll back no. up this year. I'm not going to the Jets. I'm not, like, I'm not going to Seattle. I'll, I'll sit and help Trey for the year and, and then pick my spot after this year. But it's say Winston got hurt again, I would consider the Saints because I think they have a good roster. What about the Vikings? Would you consider maybe the Vikings? Yes, because I think they can make the playoffs with Pornstar. Yeah, that's up to me. I look at the see where the Vikings are at. Um, I look at them. You know who I also look at is I look also look at the Colts. Your Colts. My Colts, one hundred percent, because he plays just like Matt Ryan. They're, they're mm-hmm. like the same. Who's who's a better quarterback, Carson Wentz or Pornstar? Oh, to me, I think it's Pornstar Jimmy. First of all, the best of what's the best of ability is availability. Mm-hmm. And even though porn stars hurt, Carson Wentz has hurt more. I, I like the I like I think porn stars a better quarterback. He's had playoff success, which Wentz hasn't. Yep. No, completely agree. Kyle Shanahan, something like tw- uh, 15 games under 500 with, with the Niners, with any other quarterback that's not Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that just tells you not everybody, not every quarterback can play his scheme and have success because they just haven't. But some you know, <laughs> people look at it that way. Following the loss last night, Rams 10 and a half. Oh, man. Uh, I still kind of like the over. But I, I still kind of like the over. Me too. I still like the over. I just, I, I don't, like I said, I don't see Seattle being very good. I think Arizona's overrated. I like the Rams over. Me too. Last night, nothing went well, but I think they'll be able to respond. They got a veteran team. Need to look at that left, left side of that offensive line, which got completely mauled last night. But I think, yeah. and they need Van Jefferson to play well as well because that they didn't, they didn't have a number two receiver last no. night. I know you're uh, you're hoping for your boy there, Scronneck from uh, Notre Dame, but the guy, they didn't have anybody. It was cup or bust because even Higby was non-existent last night in the in the pass game. Yeah, Higby was. I found he was non-existent, like you said, man. And and you could tell he was looking for cup too much. Like, and you could tell by the by the third quarter, it was my God. If I don't throw it to cup, I got nothing out there. Right. And that's what led to the that's to me that's what led to the the turnover in the third quarter was he was trying to feed it to cup too much. Yeah, it, he he forced it, he pressed, and it it ultimately cost him in the end. 
Let's get to betting lines quickly before we talk some college football. Baltimore at the Jets. Jets give uh, plus seven. What do you think of that game? Oh, to me, I have minus seven all day, Baltimore. I, that's on the big ticket. So um, one thing my father and I do every year is uh, my, my nan is big on buying scratch tickets for my mom every week. So she buys about $10 worth of scratch tickets. And dad and I will save up the scratch tickets. Any winnings we have, we'll save them up for two events. And the first event is week one of the NFL season. And the second event is the Thursday of March Madness. So last year we were able to go pretty much with, we have about a hundred dollars in the pot is what we use. And we go about last year, we went 0 for eight on our football ticket. So it couldn't have been worse. Um, So this year we're hoping for better, but we do have that game on our ticket and we have Baltimore minus seven. Okay, why don't you read me off your ticket, and I'll go through the, the lines here. All right, I can do that. Uh, so it is a $116 ticket, eight games, two, two, uh, combo two, uh, $4, $4 bet, combo two for a $116 ticket. Thank you, uh, Nan, for the six months of uh, scratch tickets. Um, so Baltimore minus seven at the Jets. Okay. Carolina at home against Cleveland outright win uh money line love it Green Bay Minnesota over 47 those two teams always seem to go at it for some reason they always go at it there's always a high scoring game this is the one where I'd, I'm not sure where you're gonna think you're gonna be off on this one but like I said earlier I got Atlanta plus five and a half at home against New Orleans it's interesting gutsy I like it, it. it's a gutsy pick um, the next one, I like we said, talked about earlier, we got the under Giants, Tennessee, under 43 and a half. I like that. The next one, I think, uh, even though Detroit's better than they have been, I have Philadelphia minus three and a half at Detroit. Yeah. I don't the next one, I love this pick. I can't believe I got this pick. It's Cincinnati minus six and a half at home against Pittsburgh. I know you think it's going to be a close game jug by that look. I think it's a two touchdown game, Cincinnati. Then at night to finish off the night, a tie between Tampa Bay and Dallas. So three point, my either three points each way. So if we're the goal that dad and I say, if we can, if you get basically four to eight picks, you basically get your money back five, anything more than four. That's where you make some money. If we could have four or five, six picks and then get that night game, that's where we're going to make some money. But uh, that's kind of our ticket for, for Sunday. Yeah. Tampa and Dallas was a walk-off field goal to begin the season last year. So you're banking on that again. And opening the first game is always close. Like Dallas, like Dak Prescott looked like he was going to win the MVP in the first game mm-hmm. there last year. So I don't mind that that pick when it comes to a tie because I think it could be very close Brady is not great to start years as you like even in New England first four weeks of the season he's prone to not playing his best football so that one can definitely can definitely uh, hit I think for sure yeah Pittsburgh I'm much I don't know I that one's interesting and I, I like the guts of the Atlanta I like that you have faith in Kyle Pitts and, and the Falcons to, to fly high against the Saints yeah, to me on these big tickets, you, you got to take a couple that you're, you got to go for a couple underdogs. Like, I mean, I'm saying that we went 0 for 8 last year. So anything's better than 0 for 8. 
Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. But it's going to make for a fun Sunday, I'll tell you that. But before Sunday, there's a big Saturday coming up too. Yes. One thing I need to figure out, and I hate, I hate betting favorites. I need to bet the dog. I need to get that out of my regime. I need to get that out of my head. But I hate betting favorites. I just, I, I find it funner to find the the backdoor cover or to find a cover. I, for some reason, I get like I bet the Rams last night, thinking they'd be able to cover. I thought they'd win the game, quite frankly. But that's something I need to get out of my psyche if I wanna uh, win some more money. Yeah, and one thing, one thing I need to do a little bit better job at, like. Last year, I would have seen the Carolina minus two and a half and, and Cleveland, and I would have taken Carolina minus two and a half. But this year, if you think they're going to win by three, they're probably going to win by four. So you might as well take that extra point and bump, bump your money up there. Um, I, I also love a dog. I, 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 love, I love a dog, especially at home. I love a dog at home for sure. So, you know, hungry dog runs faster, right? So, yeah. Uh, I, I also love a dog, but sometimes you just, if, it, if it's, if it's okay, the problem in NFL is seven points is a lot, yes. um, not college. My God, 20 points isn't a lot in college, but in the NFL, it's a different game, man. They get up a touchdown. They change the way they play where, and that's why some people like college football more. And for me, that's, I love college football for that reason. They try and if they got their, you know, skate on the throat, they're trying to, you know, finish yeah. the job for yeah. lack of a better word, but the NFL, it's more of, okay, we got a lead. Let's hold on to it. It's, it's, it's definitely something that uh, I think you definitely like your dogs a little too much, but we'll find out as the year goes on. Yes. Had to figure that out. And speaking of dogs, we got bit by a dog last week. Yes, yes we did. Just bitch slapped us after we told, after we said we didn't think they'd be that good and Georgia's not going to make the final four and they stink. Like they, they were the best team of last weekend by country mile, right? Like they, they made Oregon look like San Diego state. Like that was, in, they, they made a statement last week and they basically told us to fuck off. Yeah, uh, I don't know who I don't know who on the staff was listening to the point there last week, but someone was because uh, my God, did they ever send a statement? And I foot it foot in my mouth, that's for sure. Hand up, foot in the mouth. They uh, they played. They were the best team all like you said all weekend with with what they did. Uh, so and I mean Bo Nix, just guy, just just. I mean I bet you he's wishing he was staying at Auburn now after that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Georgia really put a statement game there. Um, and the, the one that killed me, though, is Utah. Utah just really heart, heartbreaking. I went three for four on a ticket for 200 and some bucks where I ended up winning $30. So I won $5 on a $25 bet where I should have won a couple hundred. Utah just just a heartbreaker there. Yeah, they're done. They're yeah, done. they're, they're done. Like, that was it. And they're like Kentucky's playing Florida this weekend. That might be the game of the weekend for me. That's a good yeah. one. You got Richardson. Yeah. You got Will Levis going toe to toe. I like both quarterbacks a lot. Richardson's so fun to watch. He's so, he reminds me of Vince Young a little bit when he's it's, playing. It, it's funny because looking at the schedule, you know, before the season started, I looked at week two. And I said, really, the only really game that's a kind of a, you know, bigger one to me would be that Texas. Texas, Alabama, but with what happened on week one, to me, that Kentucky and uh, Kentucky Florida game is must see TV. And the other one at the end of the night, man, BYU game at the end of the night, 11 15. I am pumped. That's a big game at the end of the night. Agreed. 
huge game, 11.50. I love a late start down there in BYU. I love those. Not to mention a sneaky, good little game is ASU at Oak State. That's an 8.30 kickoff. ASU, they won week one, and Oak State looks good. But I think AS, like I think that could be a tighter game than people might be thinking right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I That's one I'll be tuning into for sure. I like I like Oak State. I think they're getting better as a program. Yeah. ASU, ASU is also getting better as a program. I like that that game's gonna kind of getting a little bit more hype, and I'll, I'll be watching that one for sure. I know you're a big Texas guy. We established that yeah. last week. They're laying 20. I know. I wish they were laying 20, 21 and a half is where I wish they were laying. <laughs> I, I wish they were laying three. That 20 is a scary number, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I just Alabama is so good that <laughs> I, I am going to go plus 20 on Texas because I'm going to watch the game. I, like I said, I'll be home around two o'clock. So I'll get into that game shortly before the half. Um, so I, I'm very excited for the second half. Hopefully the game's still a game at the second half. Uh, but three touchdowns is a lot, but against that, I, I wish it was 21 and a half instead of 20. I would feel way more confident at 21 and a half than 20. That's tough to be a 20 point dog on the, at home. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm, I'm surprised you're not sniffing that one. I'm kind of sniffing it. I'm, yeah. I want to take them badly, but yeah, I, I almost took, I almost took uh, Utah State plus forty, and they. I'm glad I did. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I might take that tomorrow morning if I'm feeling frisky. I might just throw one on Texas to, to cover. I got to give credit to you. Uh, Notre Dame covered against Ohio State, although I'm giving you credit for a loss, which <laughs> I guess that's Notre Dame for you, but. They they cover against Ohio State. Defense looked great. They yep. dominated both lines of scrimmage, but their offense was horrible last week. Fair? Oh, more than fair. More than fair. I think defensively, you couldn't ask for a better performance. Oh. I mean, you you help you hold the, you hold you hold Ohio State to twenty one points. I don't think Ohio State thought they'd score twenty one. Those they thought they would score thirty five points a game at any against any opponent. So the fact you hold them to twenty one when you're a seventeen and a half point dog or sixteen point dog, whatever it is, that to me that's incredible. But the fact you don't score any points in the second half, you're up ten to seven going into the going into the half. You have to find a way to put some points on the board. It was it was embarrassing because like your your defense is stopping arguably the best offense in the, the the country and you can't give them a field goal at any point it was sad that way yeah the quarterback didn't get anything going i mean i, I feel for michael mayer because he seems like the only elite weapon they have and he can only do so much i mean they're yeah. gonna double triple cover him which they did in the second half if yeah, you notice that let him, they didn't even let him get close to a ball like they just said you're not throwing it to him and clearly yeah. clearly it worked they got marshall this weekend mm. i thought for Notre Dame, they covered. I mean, Cle I thought Notre Dame and Clemson, both top five going into the first weekend, both were extremely underwhelming for week one. Yeah, I thought Clemson. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame underwhelming, but let's be honest. Notre Notre Dame wasn't a five seed going into the year. They're they're below a five seed. Right. They're they were a five seed from last year. Clemson was to me embarrassing. I yes. thought I thought they needed to be way better than what they showed last week. I think they need to make a quarterback change because DJ can't play. I, I, he, I don't see enough from him. 
I'm not seeing it, Jug. I'm not seeing it. I think they're going to give him one more week, and they better go up and put up a 50 spot this week because if they don't, I think he's out. Agreed, because they know they can win this year, and they need to find a guy that can do it. I'll tell you one of my favorite programs this year so far, Ryder, because they're thrilling. North Carolina, that game against App State. Yes. <laughs> App State put up 40 in the fourth quarter, and they lost somehow. Derek May, I he's awesome he's big he's athletic uh, he's he's fun and north carolina they, they hired a new defensive coordinator they still can't play defense but they somehow won that crazy game uh, i'll tell you one thing i am circling north carolina game this week to watch i think that's going to be a good one yes yeah i, I am circling that game i think it's a 4 30 start is my correct on that one yeah 4 30 yeah yeah i'll be circling that game for sure um, before I let you go, did you watch any of the Alcaraz center match the other night that went till about three forty-five local? Oh my God, this Alcaraz is going to be one hell of a tennis player, isn't he? Unreal. Yeah, that, that was one of the best matches I've ever watched in my life. I stayed up. For the he, whole he's night. he's a he's he's exciting to watch. He's he's skilled. I love him. I think this guy's going to win a me. I think he wins the I think he wins the U.S. Open. Ah, it's hard to say because he may run out of gas tonight because he has played two really long matches in a row. He needs to win straight sets tonight because he's going to be gassed. Yeah, but he's going to win a major in the next year for sure. Yeah, I agree. He's got yeah. T him and TFO are on prime time tonight. That should be fun. I mean, that's going to be a must-watch game. I'll be watching that one for sure. Ditto. Well, I know you're busy. Congrats with the with the new dressing room launch today and everything, and I appreciate you coming on for another Friday, Ryder. So always a pleasure, and we'll we'll talk this weekend. Awesome, Jug. Well, I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be sending some texts back and forth this weekend, buddy. Uh, congrats. Happy birthday yesterday. Hope you uh, have a great birthday weekend this weekend, and I'm sure we'll be talking. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk soon. See ya. There's Matt Wright, everybody. Always great to have him back as we did last week. So what a weekend. We got NFL coming, college football. As we were just talking about TFO, Alcaraz, Casper Rudd hatching off tonight in the U.S. Open men's semifinals. We have the women's final tomorrow, which is Anj Jabber versus Iga Schwantek, the number one uh, seed who – was down 4-2 in the third set last night. Battles back, wins at 6-4. A gutsy effort from her over Sabalenka. So we have that final tomorrow. We got some baseball. Jays are in Texas playing the Rangers. Rays, Yankees, interesting series. Yankees have a four-and-a-half game lead for the top spot in the American League East. Rays sweep them. They're right there coming down the home stretch of this season. They took two of three last weekend in the trop. This series will be in the Bronx. So, fun stuff today. Always great to have Ryder on. Always The NFL is back. I couldn't be happier about it. Plan a podcast tomorrow morning. Talk about more about the NFL, the matchups this weekend. Get into some college stuff. We'll talk some baseball. We'll recap that tonight. And talk the tennis and preview the finals for the U.S. Open. So, for everybody here to the point, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay, have, stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll chat soon.